All right, Dave, I got a question for you. Uh, are you ready? Let's do it. If you could own any Spider-Man variant pet, like any animal that was a Spider-Man variant, which one do you think that you would you would own? Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig? Okay. Yeah. I like the Spider-Cat that I saw on Twitter today that has the web shooter on its tail. I thought that was very funny. That would be um, cool, but Spider-Pig seems fun to handle. I also like the Spider-T-Rex. That was pretty, that was pretty sweet. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. That was uh, pretty cool. That was pretty dope. Um, I don't know how much of, much of a pet it would make, though. Um, See, the pet would be fun to hang out with. Well, I mean, it's John Mulaney, so I mean, he'd be funny. That's what I mean. He'd be funny, at least. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, I would probably opt for Spider-Cat to be my pick. I don't even think I saw Spider-Cat in the movie. It was probably in the background, because there was, like, what, like 4,000 Spider-Men in that movie? Um, which, if you're asking what movie we're talking about, read the title of the episode that you have clicked on. Uh, but until we get to the actual movie itself, uh, our co-host with the co-hosts, Mr. Brandon Maxwell. Brandon, welcome into the program. What's up? What's up? Brandon, what, what, what Spider-Man variant pet would you most like to have? Um, you know what? I'll be the one to tame the T-Rex. I'll okay. take that on. Uh, it's fine. I think, uh, I think bit... we'll, we'll make a good partnership. And, uh, you know, who, who doesn't want a prehistoric dinosaurs? That's a that's a big it's a big responsibility, but I think I think you can take it on. I have faith. That's a. It'd be cool. I mean, you, it's a it's a free ride. I mean, I guess really any of them are free rides because they can swing. But, um, yeah, I I like I like that pick. It's a scary ride. You definitely want to encounter any traffic on that thing. Um, looks cool though. Really, I need to know what tailor he went to for that suit or she, whatever uh, whatever tailor they went to for that suit. They did a good job. It was a little tight, but. A good job. Um, but yeah, our episode this week, we are talking about the recently released, much beloved Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It came out last Friday, I believe. Uh, we're recording this on the 6th. It came out on, officially, the 2nd. I think it was in theaters the Thursday as well. Uh, we have all seen it. I saw it with Brandon and friend of the show, Colin Howarth. Dave, you saw it, I believe, by your lonesome. Correct, yep. Uh, Dave, we'll uh, we'll start with you. Uh, what were your what are your what are your opening thoughts on uh, on this beloved animated picture? Um, obviously going in, I don't know how you guys felt, but I had high expectations because I really enjoyed the first one, and it had been quite a while since we had visited this kind of universe and with these creators. Right. Um, but. And then obviously you throw on top, like there was a, really a ton of hype going going into the movie. It seemed like everyone that wrote about it, even if they didn't like love it, love it, they thought it was outstanding. It looked awesome, visually appealing. The jokes were good. The characters were fun. So even if you didn't love it, it gave you something to enjoy for what was a very long movie for an animation. Two hours and 20 minutes is a long animated movie. Uh, so that being said, uh, I loved it. I thought it was fresh, unique, just like the first one was. Uh, they didn't try to sit back. They were they were pretty aggressive, making a two-hour and 20-minute movie. The characters were really fun. They created all these new characters, this new universe. They tasked all these new voices. And I, don't know, I, I just thought overall they nailed just about every part of it. Uh, the storylines were really cool. Miles Morales was, again, just awesome. The family was great. 
and the whole spider spider verse and the story as to why it was involved in this movie was i thought fitting i didn't feel like they forced anything too much so overall those are just my my original kind of right off the bat thoughts but i thought it was awesome now brandon i'll switch to you you're not admittedly a very big comic book movie person you did see the first one obviously you saw this one as well we saw it you know maybe your first if i'd have to guess probably your first opening weekend comic book movie since i dragged you to captain marvel (laughs) four years ago um but what what is it about this franchise that really appeals to you and what did you think of uh this installment uh first yeah that's probably the first time i've seen a i mean honestly obviously covid took away a lot of seeing movies in theaters on opening weekend so might be the no i've definitely seen movies on opening weekend since then but anyways definitely you you definitely saw a knock at the cabin opening weekend don't lie oh yeah i I saw it actually 35 brandon already bought his uh front row insidious the last key tickets actually (laughs) i did like the first one though um the first insidious is awesome yeah as far as this goes though uh absolutely loved it um, in terms of Marvel, Spider-Man's always been my favorite character by far from Marvel. Um, like, no disrespect to Marvel at all, but a lot of the characters, like, I really couldn't care less about. Like, Spider-Man, I actually, like, I haven't seen all of the Spider-Man movies, but I've seen the majority of them. And, like, that's a superhero that I actually, like, really do enjoy. Um, so to see the new take last time with the Miles Morales movie and to see it progress this time around. Also seeing um, Gwen Stacy becoming a main character as well was pretty awesome because... I loved her story too, and you see the natural, um, the natural uh, balance and the things that relate between Miles and Gwen, um, and then you also see the things that are different in terms of, you know, obviously the culmination. One of the big parts of the plot being, you know, he's not supposed to be there uh, according to all the other Spider-Men. So finding his own place and, and things along those lines. Um, I know we'll get into it more as we continue, but two biggest things that or excuse me the three biggest things that i took away from it that i enjoyed the most one the music and the sound so awesome the score from the first one was excellent too so it was something that i was fully expecting and all of the creativity that went into it is amazing um outside of that obviously the animation uh just incredible seeing the way scenes shifted and seeing all the different animation styles for all the different characters and whatnot um that was awesome too and then i mean obviously this is the first part of a second part or of a two-part movie so you didn't really get necessarily the satisfying ending but i didn't care it didn't feel like two hours 20 minutes at all when i watched it um it felt far quicker than that and you know i was invested from the very first uh like the drum tapping at the very beginning in that mm-hmm. intro all the way through the end when the, they finally formed that team together to uh get into the next movie mm-hmm. but i loved it loved the first one too so i fully expected to love this one i expected to love the third one as well love a lot of the cast and a lot of the people that made the movie too um and yeah i think it just took uh oh the last thing i was going to say um there's a lot of you know tropes obviously and and plot points that need to come up in a superhero movie and i get that um i get that you need to have these certain things but i really enjoyed how they used them in the context of this movie and they tried to spin some things on their head as well um i mean especially coming from the whole fact that again he's not supposed to be there he's trying to like find his place and, and his belonging and things along those lines and tragedy and do you really have to go through all of these things in order to you know get to that next point just really really you know uh great ways to tackle these emotions in ways that are normally just done in the most cookie cutter way uh, when you're watching a, a superhero movie at least in my opinion yeah no those are all great points i mean i think 
I don't like to be hyperbolic in the wake of a movie that I've just recently seen, but I don't think it's a stretch to say this might be the most incredibly animated movie I've ever seen. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen an animation style like this. I mean, the first movie was unique in its own right. But the way this movie was so fluid, and it, it just never stopped moving, the animation was just so gorgeous. I mean, the palette of Gwen Stacy's story mixed with how Miles' story was depicted, and then Spider-Man 2099, all these different characters interwoven into the same story with so many different animation styles. You can tell why it took five years to make this movie, and man, they used every second to their advantage to make it look as exquisite as it possibly could. And, you know, going back to that point, I think it was Brandon that made it, um, or maybe it was Dave, but whoever, whoever said it, but I loved the plot point that Miles is not supposed to be Spider-Man. He is an anomaly because his universe already had one. Spider was never supposed to bite him. If the spider didn't bite him, Chris Pine, the Chris Pine Spider-Man would still be alive. And I really like that. That's a fascinating, fascinating uh, uh, twist, I guess you could say. And they did a great job, I think, weaving that into the story. And I really liked Oscar. I liked pretty much all the new additions to the cast were fantastic. I mean, technically, Oscar Isaac was in the post credit scene of the first one, so he wasn't new, new. But he was great. Uh, Issa Rae was really good. Uh, I, I love Daniel Kaluuya in anything and everything. I mean, the guy does nothing but make good movies. And he was fantastic as Spider-Punk. Uh, Andy Samberg, I'd like to see a little bit more from in the second one, hopefully, uh, as Scarlet Spider. But really great job overall. And I think, Brand you hit on the head, you know, bringing Gwen Stacy into it more, they did a great job. Haley Seinfeld crushes that role. Shmeek Moore crushes Miles Morales as well. And you know, anytime they show Donald Glover, I'm into the movie. So I was glad they, they worked him into it a little bit. Uh, I actually read a story today that, or uh, you know, a tweet that today that alluded to the fact they were supposed to do a couple other live action cut scenes and they scrapped them because it just didn't work with the plot. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And there's always room to work those in in the, in the sequel or the second part, I guess you could say. Um, but overall, I think it was a, an incredibly strong follow-up to the first one. It, the the bar was, excuse me, very, very high. I mean, we all just said it ourselves. We loved Into the Spider-Verse. It was so unique and so different and unlike anything else they've ever made. And it was so, it, the it, it was just incredible to see the reference, representation and how they were able to pull it off and they somehow were able to make it even better. I think my, the, my only gripe, and it wasn't even really a gripe, but I think the soundtrack was a little disappointing. I mean, I think the first soundtrack was so good. The soundtrack for the first movie is incredible. And this one was good, too. I mean, the music worked, but there was no What's Up Danger on, on this soundtrack, at least not in my opinion. Um, other than that, though, I mean, I guess that leads us to our, our second question. Does this exceed the first movie? And having had a few days to rest on it, I think... It's tough because the first one was so magical to see for the first time, but ultimately I, I do think this one may tell a better story and ultimately have a better villain. I think the first one was really good as an origin story, really good setting up the movie and setting up this animation style, but I think in pretty much every way this exceeded the first movie. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. 
I would say that the soundtrack was good, but not quite as good as the first one. But I think that stems more from the fact that the first one was just outrageously good. Yeah. And delivered just a ton of hits that were played on Spotify or Apple Music. Or if you still listen to the radio, they were played on the radio. They were just kind of all over the place for what seemed like months, even after the movie was out of theaters. Dave Albiani, big, big music guy, Dave Albiani. Big, big music guy here. Uh, I know all the music stuff. So. Knows all of it. Uh, but I just think overall, there's so few things you can nitpick at this movie. And I think really the, the pressure really was ratcheted on them. I mean, the expectations were high from the first movie. But then you throw in the fact that like it kept getting delayed by a year. It wasn't like these smaller delays where it's sometimes the theater's like, you know what? Let's not do June. Let's do July. Right. Or let's not do August. Let's make it an October movie. And this was like, all right, we'll do June 24th. No, actually, let's do June 12th the yeah. next year. Right. So to kind of ratchet up. And they were still working on it. Like you could interview Christopher Miller. They're still working on it like two months before it's released. They're still yeah. doing VFX stuff. Yeah. So they said it took, certainly, I'm pretty sure they said it took three years to get Spider-Punk animated. Yeah. Like, cause there's he's like, they constantly said, they said there was like over a hundred different animations on Spider-Punk. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, no, it's just, it's the creativity of all the different spider people, the casting of the voices. Awesome. The storylines, like you said, Miles Morales, not supposed to be Spider-Man. The fact they brought back like a lot of the Spider people at the very end, they set up what is sure to be an awesome sequel with the original game. It's just overall, it's it's kind of everything you want in a sequel where it delivers on a next step up, but it also makes you it ties back into the first one and also connects all three of them. Like the trilogy right now is completely connected. There's there's characters in every movie, and the storylines connect from movie to movie to movie. Now, the hard part for them is to, is to pull off that third movie. Because as we know from Marvel or from any movie, really, any series, the trilogy, there's always one that's just a little bit off. So it's going to be tough for them to live up to these first two movies, especially when I know the release date is next year. I highly doubt that that stays. I think they're going to need more time to, to I, work on it. But, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay optimistic and say this days um, I, I hope it stays but it's just to take three and a half years to animate these people i just don't know how they're gonna be able to do that in a year brandon what do you think did you like this one or the first one better uh i don't know if i can really say because it's been a couple of years since i saw the first one honestly um Fair. i just remember feeling the same emotions when i watched it though and having the same like like i was basically in awe from the start to the end um everything about it i enjoyed um I thought the soundtrack hit for me personally. I thought it was just, you know, a really cool uh, way that a lot of the things were, like you see a lot of the common themes throughout the movie when a certain thing is coming up, you hear a lot of the, the same sounds in the, in the soundtrack. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and again, as far as the animation goes, like that's some of the best animation I've ever seen in my life. And I love the absolute creativity behind it. Uh, something that I find that, I appreciate the most in art now, whether it's, you know, music, a painting, a movie, TV, what have you, is uh, I just really appreciate creativity and I put so much weight behind it more than a lot of other things. Like there's certain things that I can look past if the creativity really gets me like that. Um, and if there were things that I had issues with in this movie, 
then uh, those definitely would have been, you know, subsided by the fact that I thought it was so cool and I enjoyed watching it so much throughout. Um, so it's tough to say whether I thought the first one was better, uh, just because, again, it's been a little bit of time since I've seen it. And also the fact that, uh, you know, there's still plenty to be seen in regards to this story that mm. they're putting forward in the second movie. Um, but to give that cop-out answer, I mean, these are both 10 out of the 10s in my book. And yeah. I even went back and looked uh, like what I rated it on IMDb after watching uh, this most recent one, and I, I marked it as a 10 for that too. So, right. uh, I mean, those are a couple of kind of maxed out on that, in that respect for me. Yeah. Uh, maybe the first one has a bit of an edge because it was a bit newer, but mm. this one also has an edge because the already amazing artistic style was just amped up to the um, – you know a whole a whole new level yeah um, but yeah one thing that I, I will say outside of all this though is uh something that really sucks is um sony is trying to like patent a lot of the animation styles and whatnot and make it difficult for like other studios to use these things and hmm. i think that just would ultimately hinder so much creativity and inspiration that this movie is uh giving to people um so i hope that you know this is something that could be expanded and uh can be more common in animation and we can you know move those benchmarks even further than you know what we expected five years or whatever ago before you know into the spider-verse came out so love them both 10 out of 10 for both of them i want to see more of these types of things yeah and i gotta give a shout out to a character that i forgot to mention for new characters but man i love the spot dude the spot was awesome Jason Schwartzman, great, great voice acting work. Big week for him between I Think You Should Leave and The Spot. Uh, in the same week that show came out, the second season came out, he's in one of the sketches, and he's also The Spot. And I like what they did, because I genuinely did not think The Spot was going to play a role in the movie. And then he becomes this like world-eating monster by the end of it. And he's going to play a major factor. In the end, probably the uh, something that forces Spider-Man 2099 and their group to unite and defeat this uh, ultimate threat to all their worlds. Uh, but I love Jason Schwartzman as the spot. He was great. He had a lot of great, a lot of great one-liners. Um, but yeah, I guess getting got had to give him a shout out. Got a big pro Jason Schwartzman podcast. Um, it's also awesome. They had multiple villains. Yeah. and like pulled it off and didn't pull Spider-Man three. So. <laughs> right. Well. Well, see, the difference is they took their time on this one. <laughs> in Spider-Man 3, they didn't really write a cohesive script to pull all those characters together. Um, and it was, you know, actually, you know, good. But, yeah, that's a whole different discussion for a different day. One that we've had before, Dave, I think, about Spider-Man 3. Unfortunately, we've talked about that movie probably more than we should have. Um, although I think we are due at some point for a Spider-Man movie ranking. That's probably a good idea. Good episode idea at some point. Um, because there's certainly enough of them to rank. Um, spoiler, Spider-Man 3 will be lower than this one. Um, just a thought. Oh, so second. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, right. It's, uh, it's incredible. It's a great movie. Uh, Topher Grace just knocks it out of the park in that one. Um. Glad we're on the same page. Really, really inspired performance there. Um. But, yeah. uh, so what did we think of the cliffhanger at the end? Brandon, what did you think? So we, we, we end with discovering that Miles Morales in this alternate universe becomes the Prowler, does not get bit by the spider, becomes the Prowler, and is evil. That's the last we see of our Miles, and we see that Gwen Stacy has put together a team of 
Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Pig, the originals from the first movie, and a couple other friends to go after, uh, go find Miles Morales and uh, save the day. So, Brandon, what did you think of that cliffhanger and where it leaves us going into Beyond the Spider-Verse? Uh, I could see why someone might be pissed off about it because <laughs> there's so much buildup and you obviously don't get the payoff yet. But I had no issue with it whatsoever. Um, I thought that the way they ended it was pretty epic. Um, not to use a like a 2010 term right there. <laughs> but I mean, like, like legitimately. Was it, already heard it. It was, it was, <laughs> super, like, it was super lolcat. But it was like legitimately epic. Like you, you, you <laughs> felt all of these big stories uh, coming together and converging in a way that they hadn't have that, that hadn't happened yet yeah like you saw all the moving parts but now you're seeing them finally come together and then this last movie is where you're going to see you know everything really you know come into stride and all the action will happen even though this movie itself was very action-packed and yeah. i also loved how um you see how some of the spider-men react differently to <laughs> miles and um uh, like him being an anomaly um, like, for example, you have the VR Spider-Man. <laughs> she, at the last second, she does have the opportunity to stop him from uh, transferring to the other dimension. But she allows it to go through, and then you end up seeing at the end that she joined the yeah. uh, ragtag team to help him out. So it was cool to see little elements like that come through. And for the next part of the movie, like, we got a ton of characters fleshed out. I think characters like her and um, Andy Samberg's character, if I'm thinking of him correctly, yeah. and characters like that they'll be um fleshed out a bit more and we'll have even more to to hear from them uh going forward which will be awesome um but yeah as far as where it ended i think it gave you enough it definitely left you wanting more and as far as the scales you feel that they're you know really tipped and you know something big is about to happen whether it's uh the fate of miles's father or what's going to happen to the multiverse itself with what spot's doing why aren't we're going to ultimately find out why spot hates miles so much we saw little glimpses of it but we're actually going to see right. you know what the reason for that was and then hopefully we get a bit more on um miguel and and all of this coming together too because i honestly get where he's coming from as well you know he talks about how he saw his perfect family and he created this world for himself where he was able to be with them every day and they literally banish his daughter vanishes from his hands as he's trying to run from it um and for him to have seen that happen firsthand and know that that's, you know, something that tends to happen with the Spider-Man characters and having that will be a part of their plot and their story and whatnot. Mm. Uh, again, I just thought it did really cool ways of turning around that story and uh, taking all the obvious things that were, you know, going to be expected in a superhero movie and making them, you know, just, just really interesting and feel refreshing. Uh, but long story short, I'm completely fine with where it ended. Dave? I thought it was a good ending. Uh, I think when you know that there's going to be a sequel, you definitely want to leave people wanting more. And you don't want a sense of finality when you have a whole other movie to kind of go through. I think this was a way to introduce the overall Spider-Verse and bring in new characters, kind of going deeper on Gwen, on Miles a little bit, and you kind of got that feel of that connection again with Gwen and Miles. And you kind of, they kind of bond over, it's, 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 it's really an interesting bond because Gwen is kind of, obviously she loves her dad, but the family aspect is not really there for her. She doesn't really have a close relationship with him. Yeah. 
And Miles, although he feels trapped sometimes, still really cares about his family. Yeah. So it's really two different aspects of living. And you kind of got a glimpse of that, like when she was talking about, she called Miles' parents by their first names. Yeah. Which is like not something you would do if you came from like a really kind of strict family life like Miles. Right. Like Miles right. would never call an adult by their first name with his dad. Yeah. He just wouldn't. Yeah. So it's, I think it was interesting in that aspect, but overall, like the ending, I thought it was awesome because you're getting a glimpse on what you wanted to see, which is probably a lot of huge action, se- action sequences, a lot of returning casts and characters. Right. And I just think overall, it kind of gave me a similar feel to Infinity War. Obviously not quite the setup. Right. You don't have 22 movies to set it up, but it, it was the first time when you're watching a movie in a comic book, comic um, realm, where you watch and you think, wow, like, what do I do now? They didn't win. Yeah. It's still going. Yeah. And it's like, you immediately want to know. And it feels exactly the same way because it's a year later. Like, right. they already probably have most of the stuff done for Spider-Verse, which is yeah. the only reason they probably haven't moved it back. Otherwise, they would yeah. have moved it back. But yeah. And I think it just, yeah, it just feels overall. It's, it's, it, I thought it was great. And I think also a part of that is in the same vein as Infinity War is, oh, like, yeah, like they didn't, they haven't won. Like they're, they're, they've lost right now. Like what, what are they going to do? Like what's their, like we see a little bit more of a teaser in this than we do in Infinity War. Like Infinity War ends on a very bleak note. Spoiler. Um, this ends on more of a like hopeful-ish note where it's like, yeah, they're in trouble, but they're putting together a team to, to stop it. Um, what I liked most about the ending was I thought the, the cliffhanger was going to be, okay, Spot is more powerful than ever. They're going to have to go take him down. But there's another element here, and that is Miles being the Prowler in this other universe. And what are they going to do? Like, they have to solve this problem. Miguel is still chasing after them. Spot is still, you know, is growing into this master villain, hell-bent on revenge. So you have three different issues here to resolve, and probably another two-and-a-half-hour movie. But like Brandon said, all these characters are now fleshed out for the most part, as if they weren't already. Some of them coming back are already fleshed out. So you can pretty much just ride this storyline till the end and just focus on the action, focus on the story, and very little on the character development, unless you introduce somebody else in the meantime, which I don't think they will, but you never know. They might. Um, still a lot of Spider-Men out there they haven't really given voice actors to, but we saw. Um, I know it was in the trailer, but it was still a really good line with the, uh, with the I looked at my Uncle Ben and let me guess, he died. <laughs> still, still a great line. That was, that was a really good line. Um... So, yeah, um, really, you know, it's excellent. I mean, there really isn't much else to say. I mean, we we covered most of the bases in terms of the animation, you know, the script, the you know, everything that made it an excellent, excellent animated feature. And I think if they land the plane, which the, you know, in the third movie, which, you know, if they are able to secure a really good third movie in this franchise, is it the best animated franchise ever certainly so up for debate question. it's up for what debate are, what, are, what are the options i mean i like feel like toy story toy story is probably up there toy story i mean it to me for it to be a franchise it has to have at least three yes i think it has to be at least a trilogy so, so you, toy story, toy uh, story. land before time <laughs> 
You look at a Toy Story and Minions. I count uh, the Lion King with the Lion King, the Lion King one and a half, and the Lion King Simba's Pride. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really answering your question, but something that I hope comes out of this is that, and again, this is why I'm bummed that if Sony's able to go through it trying to uh, right. limit who can you know, make animation styles similar to this one, which I don't even know how you could do to begin with, but that's another story. But um, I'm hoping that maybe this allows animation to be something that studios invest in more and something that gets taken more seriously because although this is a movie that you could say is for, you know, kids, obviously, it's got um, a great story attached to it that, you know, really uh, attracts the viewer. So it's not like it's just, you know, something you put on for a little kid with an iPad and, and leave them be. Uh, something that you can actually be invested in and I hope studios uh, you know see that and by the success of these past two movies I hope they understand that this is something that they should maybe dive into more um, along with their you know 500,000 reboot of the same franchise or 10th movie of this franchise you know you got something here that you can make a lot of money on I know you make money off of those things too but this is something that you might be able to find a lucrative opportunity for and a lot of people want to see it so win-win. So you got How to Train Your Dragon, you got Ice Age, you got Despicable Me, you got a Lego movie, I'll count because the Lego Batman movie is in there. Uh, and that was made by the same people who made this yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, great point. Uh, Shrek, legit. Uh, and then t- I think really the only competition is Toy Story. I mean, like, Toy Story's got three excellent movies and one good movie. Like, you're, you're talking, even if you just put the first three against the first three, um... I think that's really the only competition for Spider-Verse at this point is is those three. I personally like the first two Spider-Verse more than I like the first two Toy Story, which I know might sound... I, I don't really like Toy Story 2 that much. Um, the first one's incredible. The third one is really powerful. And two and really four... Really sad. Yeah, really sad. Two is really good, and then four is, I mean, good, but, you know... Wait, remind me. Three is when like Andy goes to college and like yeah. gets rid of him, and then they almost go. Yeah, to they, they almost get incinerated. Yeah. And then the fourth, and yeah, they have the, that bear guy. Yeah. And the, the fourth, fourth one, they go to the carnival. Yeah, Key and Peel are in it. I thought the fourth one, the ending was really powerful, but they're of course yeah. they're gonna ruin it and make it fifth one. Well, of course. I don't, I don't know if I saw that one. It was good. I mean, it, really, the it's the Toy Story formula. Toy Story formula is so good at this point that they'll make a good movie. It'll make money. It'll be fine. Which is, they can't say the same for the other franchises, but Toy Story for that, you know, they make, you know, the bars, like, they're going to make a good Toy Story movie. It's almost impossible not to, but they'll never make one better than the first one. I mean, the first one's such a classic, but I feel like if they are able to execute the plan for this third movie and close up the storylines in the right way, which we've seen series not do that, so it's not out of, you know, out, out of the question, but... If they can do that, I think that it might be the best animated series of uh, film series of all time. So, um, yeah, Dave, good. No, I was just gonna say, I'm trying to think of like trilogies. Like, even if you look at oh, Cars, can't forget Cars. Like, if you look at just overall trilogies, it's hard to even come up with like great trilogies. Not even animated. Just yeah. there's always one movie that kind of weight bogs one down. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You can look at the Dark Knight, which is kind of like the most recent comic book trilogy. Like, Dark Knight number one is amazing. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises is hit or miss for people. And then Batman Begins hit or miss for people. So it's like you're only getting one elite movie. Yeah, yeah, we know you love the Dark Knight Rises, Dave. We know. But like, 
It's hit or miss for people. So, like, some people don't like it. I mean, you look at Jurassic Park. First one, classic. Second one, classic. Third one, terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... No, I'm kidding. People, it, people do not like the second one. <laughs> and you, like, and you look at Jurassic World. First one, amazing. Okay, second you can stop. Better. You can Third just stop. Stop. Just stop. I think the formula, the perfect formula for a movie franchise is to do what the most recent Halloween franchise did and uh, make people <laughs> get over... like uh, Make people... Um, too interested in your product because you pleasantly surprised them in the first one. Good, not great. Second one, complete dog shit, but you've already put so much time in that you have to finish. And then the third one, you're just like regretting that you even started watching the movies in the first place. The third, the third one, the newest Halloween trilogy, it's like they focus on Michael Myers for like 10 minutes in the movie. It's sort of like if Toy Story was just like, you know, we don't need Woody or Buzz this time. What we if you can just do it like. What if we I just pull the barrel of monkeys? Here, it would be if Miles was in the third Spider-Man movie for 15 minutes and the entire time he was sick and couldn't yeah. spit. Uh, and they just focused on like some random person on the streets. So yeah. here, here's a hypothetical for you. What if I told you you could watch Beyond the Spider-Verse on July 1st? You would see it before anybody else would. But from now until then, you have to watch Halloween Ends once a day. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait. No, I'll wait till it comes out theaters. I'll wait. I hate that movie so much. Yo, Brandon showed me the scene with the fence. Yeah, when, when he stomps no, the girl's I, head and it's pushing like I a just, watermelon. I just don't get it. Like, you have this unbelievable, like, serial killer. He's, like, the most famous villain of all time. And they sp- the whole trilogy, the last movie ever, potentially, of this, which it won't be. They'll come up with a new one. But oh, they'll make another one. The last one for like a long time, and they spend the whole movie focused on this other kid that no one cares about. Yeah, don't be that Spider-Man. I love how this turned into a, a Halloween. Yeah, this, this, we we always find our way back to Halloween ends. We like, always I, find that, I think I think the Spider-Verse franchise has already done a far far better job of just being a movie than anyone. Dude, they could have put a turd in the in the film can. And it would have been a better movie than that one. I don't think it's outrageous to say the Spider-Verse franchise has made more great movies than the entire Halloween franchise has ever made. They made one great movie. That's it. Two, yeah. two great movies. What, what was the second one? The first part of this trilogy. Oh, that was not a great movie. It, it was good. It, it was, was good. good it wasn't great. It was very good. It was good. It was good. I don't think I've ever seen a movie, a, a horror franchise. What was the last time a horror franchise fell off so hard from one to two? Like, oh, I mean, I, I feel like it happens a lot. It may Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty. The second one was pretty bad. That's true, but the third one was really good, which was not the and, case for this. And Friday the Thirteenth. Oh one no, was The great. Exorcist is another one. <laughs> First one was a yeah. classic. The second one was so. Bad. Wait until the wait until the new one comes out this year. Oh, we'll we, were, we were joking about it earlier, but they're dropping like the fifth Insidious movie now. Like, when have they made a good one since the first one? We've already dropped like nine paranormal activities. I, well, yeah. the Conjuring two, I heard was good. I never saw it, but I heard the second I like Conjuring, Conjuring was good. two actually. Conjuring first Conjuring was awesome. See, second we, one was good. This, Third one this, is not great. This is this always leads back to horror. It always does. We always find our way back to horror on this podcast because horror is like there's no one, no one's as creative as horror. Like there's way more storylines that haven't been tapped yet. It's, it's also good. weird too because I mean we're talking about franchises. Really, the only movies that get franchises these days are superhero movies and horror movies i mean back in the day you kind of had like the fantasy and like the teen dystopia that was riding right. for a little bit but that wave's already passed so i mean there's that's no, what you got for free yeah, there's, there's no genre that gives you the feeling like people want to go to the movies to like kind of escape reality 
And those two genres, like superhero makes you feel amazing and makes yeah. you feel like you can fly. Yeah. And horror movies scare the shit out of you. But and they're they, both they make hot. They make money in completely different ways because one are big budget, but they make a lot of money. And the other is no budget and it makes a lot of money. Like, yep. Yeah, Blair Witch, like, like $400,000, including advertising, and it made like $100 million. Paranormal Activity, like... I mean, I, 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 filmed in one house with a camcorder. Yeah. Any Blumhouse movie. Yeah. Any Blumhouse movie, pretty much like all of them. But I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's true. Happy death day was like, what? 9 million. Yeah. And they made like, like a hundred, they made like a hundred million. It took me at least like two or three watches of that movie to actually get what like the ending meant. Like it took me forever to understand what was going on. Like I was like, wait, what? Like, how's this? end? <laughs> Did they make a third one for that? I know they made a second one. They, they're they're going to eventually. They haven't yet, though. Yeah, that's... that's. I don't know what they're going to do for the third. I never talk saw about, the second one. Talk about a franchise that does not need a third movie. No, it didn't need a but second the thing movie. Is, it was, people it, keep seeing it. It was actually, like, not a terrible movie, the first one. No, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. And it's an interesting concept. But, was it great? It wasn't terrible. Um, no, it wasn't great, that's for sure. Um, but it wasn't awful. I mean, there's a lot of horrible horror movies that have come out, and that's not one of them. Um, and again, interesting concept. Great use of 50 Cent in the movie and in the trailer. Um, but yeah, Spider-Verse. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> Don't see Halloween ends. Go watch Spider-Verse instead. You can if you want, but no, I don't please advise don't. it. Please don't do that. We don't. We don't want. We don't want that. We don't want the the. Our, we don't want our listener to to, to get to get upset watching. Our film. listener. Hey, hey, hey. Our parents listen. That's true. Our our dozen dozen of listeners to get upset watching that watching that movie. There's plenty of other good Blumhouse pictures to watch. Trust me. There Every are. time I think of our parents listening to this, I just still remember Steve when he used to talk about trivia and his mom would watch and he'd be swearing and she'd oh, just yeah. be in the chat like, yeah, Steve, Steve, watch your mouth. Yeah. Back when Steve used to stream it. Yeah, those are the days. Those are some Those are some OG trivia days. Using the buzzer, Steve streaming it. <laughs> he those would are... swear and his mom would be like, Steven. Yeah, those are the days. Those are the old school, old school OG days of trivia. Um... But anyway, uh, that will do it uh, for our Spider-Verse discussion. We loved it. Great movie. Great picture. Go see it. It's a good time. We didn't Um, give our uh, ratings. Oh, yes. Uh, Well, we rate things on this show out of a 50-state scale. I don't know why. It has really nothing to do with the show, but I came up with it, and we've done it for years. So, uh, Dave, I'll give give it a – again, I hate to be – I hate to go, you know, crazy – but I'll give it a, you know, I'll give it a 49 out of 50. Why not? It's a great movie. I loved it. It was a great experience. I, uh, I also would give it a 49 out of 50. Yeah. I think if they had last year, if they had the first one, that soundtrack level, yeah, right. I think it's a 50. Uh, but I, I just think it's an amazing movie. I've, I've, I said to Jake before we started this, I've seen 25 new movies this year so far, and this is by far number one. It's not even close. I love it. Halloween kills. Halloween ends would be number one, but it came out last year. That's true. It's true. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't quite crack the uh, 2023 list. Brandon, what would you rate it out of 50? You know what? Total domination. It's got the whole country taken over. 50 out of 50. <laughs> All right. I love it. I mean, that, that's that's high marks across the board right there from uh, from your three favorite people on the planet. 
And I'm not talking Michael Myers in the first, second, and third Halloween movies. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Except, you know what? Honestly, that that series was not very kind to podcasters. So I'm, I'm not – I don't feel bad about saying it wasn't oh, yeah. a good series. Yeah, the two podcasters are, like, the first people to get completely yeah. destroyed. And they make them look like absolute morons, too. Yeah, they're like, assholes. Yeah, you know what? It's – not cool. We don't like that. We don't like that depiction of pod. We don't endorse that depiction of podcasters. Um, well, you can follow us at CSL Podcast on Twitter. Find all of our episodes and fun content and trivia links there. We will talk to you guys uh, some point, probably next week. We'll see what we're doing. Maybe a little. Could be sports related. Could be Spider Man related. Who knows? But uh, catch us then.